Believe with Rajiv says the defensive line this year is going to be a B-minus position. Find out what Justin and I say on Locked On Badgers. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings. As always, over there is Justin joining us as often as he can, as, as often as we can have him on the show. Uh, we're just going to jump into it. Uh, we're continuing to talk previews coming into the season, defensive line. And uh, the big question here for me, one of the big questions for me has been, is this defensive line going to hold the team back? Rajiv put a grade out there. He's not on the show. He said, B minus for this year. I'm not that high on the defensive line. Justin, what what's your grade on the defensive line this year? You and I talked a little offline on this, and I and I look me looking at this, I take a look at it, and we've discussed like last year's line and a couple of the lines in the past. And the badger lines of the past have always been a sum is is worth more than the parts. And we, we're gonna have that again this year. If I'm looking at this from an individual standpoint, from a from an individual player standpoint, I'd probably go with C. Um I think they'll play up. Overall, I think we're looking at Brigid might be right in terms of how we look at it in terms of a over the course of the season, it being a B minus. But if if I had to look at it from an individual standpoint, I'm not. I don't love the talent level, and I think scheme will play a major part in this. And I think we're going to struggle to get push from that defensive line year one. It will be interesting to see how they use these guys. Yeah, I, I'll just kick my grade up here. I'm I'm at a C, not a C plus, not a B minus, a C. Mm-hmm. I. I I struggle with the the talent level, the ceiling on this defense line, the ability of people to win one on one, the ability of our defense lineman to win one on one matchups to, to create problems right at, at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see who who's the the difference maker, who's the big difference maker this year that say that guy right there. Because one of the things, listen, when we were talking to Brian Smith and we were talking uh, Lafayette, who obviously mm-hmm. not on this team, it might not even be a defensive end, but he said that's a guy who you can line up against their best player and say he can just beat him physically. Mm-hmm. He can just beat him. Mm-hmm. Right. Who on our defensive line? Do you, are you lining up against um, an upper elite upper echelon talent against an Ohio state, whoever may be in Iowa and saying, my guy's just going to whip your guy. Oh, 100%. And we talked about, that was one of the things I said about last year's line, which I think was actually low key, not very good outside of Benton. Like I think everyone, Here's the issue. This defensive line is probably going to be really good against the run again and really pedestrian when it comes to the pass rush, which is what we need to see going forward and what this staff really wants to get from guys moving forward with the Badgers. They want a 3-3-5 where they have guys on the edges that are just going to knife through and blow plays up. We don't have those guys yet. Thompson is probably the closest to that. Um, he's a guy who I think had he, I think he's second on the team in hurries last year. So he is a guy that I think has some upside to him, but there's not really anyone outside of him that I look at and said, this guy I can rely on to get me three sacks. This guy can give me four sacks. And we haven't really had that since. Um, who was the guy that got drafted by Arizona that Arizona? You talking about Shaughnessy, Matt Shaughnessy? No, 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 no. Um, um, the one that was opposite of Chique. Oh, Alec James. Alec James, yes. I kept thinking Alex. I'm like, it's not Alex. Um, But Alec James was the last guy we had that was actually a a disruptive edge guy. And he had like six and a half sacks in the season. That's the baseline that we're going to be looking at going forward under Luke Fickle. 
He's going to want guys that are going to get five and a half, six and a half sacks a year and are going to be able to come through and blow up plays on the edges and kind of make everything just more driven by havoc. And that's what we don't have yet in this defense. Now, I still think the defense is going to be really good this year. I just don't think that that those disruptive or those those what are the what's the word I'm looking for? Not disruptive, but the impact plays are going to be driven by the defensive line. And that's a problem, right? Let's say here's the thing. This you is have to I manufacture think. it somewhere, and it's you have an entire group that you can't rely on to be responsible for that. Yeah, and this is where I always go back to people, fans, uh, they'll talk about the defense line just occupies, linebackers make plays. Yeah, that's a huge part of it in a 3-3-5 and in a 3-4. However, the really good defenses also have linemen that make their own plays, right? No yeah. no defensive line coach. Greg Scruggs is never going to be in a, in a film room watching one of his defensive linemen whip an offensive tackle and blindside the quarterback and say, ah, ah. Just, just right. you, you just stand right. there. We'd no, no. rather have that linebacker sneak. Right. <laughs> no, I just need you to occupy. No, no, like occupy than destroy. That's what defense alignment at Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson do. That's why those teams are absolutely elite. And that it's is occupy the, on run plays too. It's yeah. not on pass plays. They but want to come through. Plays, like, and your point is correct. But even on run plays, like you can't be, you can't overrun a play. You can make mistakes being too aggressive, but. Mm -hmm. Even on a run play, there's a chance to whip a, a tackle or a guard and, and stop a running back behind on a scrimmage. The the elite players do those things, right? Mm -hmm. And to your point earlier, our defensive line has generally been listen, there's been NFL talents, uh Loudermilk, um, Benton, you know, uh Matt Henningsen, like NFL guys, but even those guys outside of play Benton, they're they're mid-round NFL talents, right? Mm -hmm. They're not the elite disruptors. And if Wisconsin, if the goal is to win titles, which Fickles talked about. You got to get some disruptors, mm -hmm. um, and I just don't think this year's team has that. This is why I have a C grade on this line. I think it'll be good against the run. I think there's a lot of solid players. I don't think there's an elite player. And I think that's where I want. We want to be clear when we're talking about this. We're not saying that these guys stink. They don't stink. Oh, no, this, this, not. this. What we're saying is that these guys are going to be good. But if you're expecting them to make a lot of flash plays, this, that's not what you're going to see from this group because they're not going to be the type of defensive line that's going to go out there and end up having 25 sacks between the group. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. Well, and I also, I'm trying to look at this through the lens of for this program to reach its highest ceiling, what does it need to do? Right. The defense line is going to be yeah. really good against a lot of teams. They play this year. Mm -hmm. They're going to be just fine and better than just fine against a lot of teams, but to reach the highest ceiling, I don't think the defense line is where it yeah. needs to be right now. Yep. Do you think? Oh, I was just gonna say. Do you think? And I, I hate to put it like this, but do you think the defensive line is the spot that maybe needs the most work? Um, oh, going I, forward? you and I had talked about that. I had actually deep dove into like the last five classes for defensive linemen for our our what I saw for a composite score for the the defensive line from the last five classes. It was an eighty six or point eight six two three. For 10 defensive linemen, only two of them were above an 88 in, a, in their grade. And that, to me, said all I needed to see. It's the one position that you look at for Wisconsin football that has the most room to easily jump its talent level. Like, we don't even need to get to four stars there for the difference to be noticeable. If we can get to, eight, like, an 88 composite, it would be night and day difference in terms of the type of athleticism and talent. Like, that two-point jump is a significant jump. 
to go to spread across an entire room. And that's where we need to get. We need to be getting like a sprinkle in a couple four stars with some high three star guys that we're looking at. And it's like there is a lot of lot more raw physical talent in that room. And that's one of the other things that I think you and I both noticed the most in seeing the guys that were being targeted in this 24 class. This staff is really looking at at high ceiling from an athletic standpoint. And they're like, okay, we can coach up some of the other stuff. If guys need a little body development, that's fine. We want guys who have that that twitch and that speed and quickness off the edge that can come through and be an impact player. And that's what we need going forward. There's not a lot of guys that have that. Listen, you'll see the difference when you have guys at Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State. They're, the guys that are across the ball are guys who run a 4.8 or 4.7 or a 4.6 across from a lineman who runs a 5 flat or a 5.1. Like they're just faster than the guy across from them. Most of the Wisconsin guys that we have right now are not faster than the guy that's across from them. That's part of the problem. They're going to win with strength. Which makes you a good run defender. Like, I get, yeah. again, this line is not – you can win with this line is the point mm-hmm. we're both making. You yeah. just are going to – the talent level overall needs to come up a bit. It's not going to make impact plays against teams like Michigan and Ohio State. Correct. I would agree with that. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, come back with – we're going to talk um, – go through the depth chart itself. Do some over-unders. Do we think uh, – who do we think is going to lead the defense line in sacks? Most important player. A lot coming up yet on this Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at LinkedIn. Uh, we've talked about LinkedIn a lot on this show, and for good reason. Every hire you make now as a, a small business owner, as a hiring manager, it's a high-stakes wager. And you have to be able to get the right people in the door and not waste time, not spin your wheels, not get candidates that have no business interviewing for the job. And that's what LinkedIn is here for. They get access to the best qualified candidates available for your job, your position. Take the risk as much as possible out of it. It's something our company uses. It's something I use. You build your network, simple tools, screening questions, and you're really just going to eliminate like that big spaghetti strainer. Only keep the good stuff in and get rid of the rest. Only the good candidates stay in the spaghetti strainer. And I don't even know what that thing is called. Um, But that's what LinkedIn is here for. That's why small businesses continue to rank LinkedIn the number one um, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, let's bring Justin back on here and continue talking defensive line. Justin, welcome back to the show, my friend. Oh, you're there. There you go. I got you. To to show the ladies why I'm a catch out there, it's called a colander, Ryan. Is that actually what it's called? (laughs) Yes. I've never heard that term in my life. A colander? Yes. You pour the noodles into the colander and the water goes through and then you pour cold water to rinse off the stuff. Yes. But yes, that's what it's called. Do you need cold water too? I don't that step either. Well, you can. I mean, I, it, I, I'm not going to get into that. There's going to be some cooking or chef that gets in there and is like, Justin doesn't know what he's talking about. But yeah, um, that's what it's called. But yeah, um, diving back into this. So where do you want to go with this? Because let's let, let me go let's dive through in. a couple of the names. We didn't do that yet. So I'm going to run through kind of the senior group, the junior group, and I want you to just pick out a few things that are interesting to you out sure, of these groups. Let's do it. Um, well, seniors, we got Mullins, Piaz, Rodas, Johnson, and Townsend. We haven't heard anything about Townsend. He's the guy whose physical tools I would look at and say that there's some ch- a chance for some upside there. Um, Mullins, we have a baseline on him. I don't feel like we're going to see much difference at this point. He's got a ton of games under his belt, and we really haven't seen anything that has shown that he's flashed as being a guy who's going to be truly disruptive. 
Like, yeah, I look at him and I see two, two and a half sacks. Like that's, that's what you're potentially getting with him. He's a guy who's probably going to get a coverage sack or two. That's, that's likely what we're looking at. Rodas Johnson. We hear a ton of things that we hear in, in camp, both spring and fall where it looks like he flashes and then it just doesn't translate into the season. I would like to believe there's some, some upside there. I just haven't seen it. And I can't, I can't believe it until he starts putting it on film and games. So up yep. to this point, it just sounds like it's our offensive line that he's abusing, which is cause for concern there. That's always the <laughs> issue with practices. Yeah. There's to me, there's just, just run defenders here. Really. Um, Rodas Johnson maybe has a little bit more upside than that. Townsend. I, I'd be shocked if we saw anything from him. Mullins is just a rugged two down physical brute. Uh, he lacks the burst to get after the quarterback. So I agree. Uh, the junior group is interesting to me. And here's, here's where we start to get interesting. I think Darian Varner, who, had seven and a half sacks last year, but he's limited. Yeah. Obviously, transfer from Temple, that's a big a, was a big offseason get. You have Cade McDonald, James Thompson, Ben Barton. A couple interesting names here. Um, let me I'll, I'll run through this one quick and then kick it back over to you. Darian Varner's interesting to me. Again, seven and a half sacks. You have to go back to Alec James. You mentioned to get a defensive lineman in that range for Wisconsin, brought in to rush the passer. The tricky part with Varner, though, three and a half of his sacks came against Tulsa, yeah. right? Which feels like it, so for the rest of the year, the guy had four, you know, which is still, listen, it's better than what we've had, but four against AAC competition. Yeah. You wonder if there was just something odd in that Tulsa game. Maybe was every tackle, you know, did they all die on Oregon Trail and it was the right guard that slid over, right? They all dysentery. I don't know. <laughs> my, my point is you would have rather seen They got cholera. Season, right. Like they died fording the river. Yeah. Um, so – I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Varner. I do like James Thompson. You and I talked about him. I think he's got a little more juice and a little more potential, but up to this point, he still hasn't shown it on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thompson was the guy that I think that we both agree that was here in the room to begin with. He's, he had this second most hurries, I believe on the team last year, he's got to finish those, but there's some, some, something to show there that he was actually getting close. And that's something that we can hope that finally pays off this year now that he's got a, a year of solid play under his belt. Uh, Varner is a guy who, who honestly, he is, he is kind of the, the potential catalyst for this team this year. If he can get five and a half sacks, it's, it makes a huge difference for this defense to having a guy that they can rely on in obvious past situations to potentially come screaming in off the defensive line. Um, I'd like to believe that he'll be ready by the start of the season, but it is concerning that he's he's still only doing some drill work after having the complete spring off. Yep. Uh, let's get to the underclassmen here. You have sophomore Mark, Michael Jarvis, redshirt freshman Curtis Neal, and true freshman Jamel Howard. Interesting group. W- what are your thoughts with those three? I like Curtis Neal. We've heard some things about him. He was a He was a big recruiting win when it happened. We'll have to see how that skill set translates. He is a little undersized, but there have been undersized guys that have have definitely gotten it done at the college level and and made a made a name for themselves in the NFL. Um, Jamel Howard is a guy who I think, if physically he's ready to play, can can do some things. We both agree that his film is really good. It's just a question, and basically that's where you and I were weren't quite sure was what will he show this year? Like I, going into the future, I feel good about him but I have no idea what he's going to be this season. Yeah. Mike Jarvis. uh, Let me start there. It's just another, and again, I don't mean this in a negative way, but he's kind of another in a long line of strong side defensive ends that are going to be mostly run stoppers. I think. Yeah. Yeah, We haven't heard much about him. I would love to hear that. He's a guy that's super disruptive to start this fall camp. That'd be great. 
that'd be great. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure it's going to happen yeah. just based on his offer list, his recruiting pedigree, his film. But like, I, I would be, love to be wrong there. Curtis Neal, uh, as you mentioned, big time recruit, was injured in high school. That's one of the reasons Wisconsin was able to get him. Mm -hmm. At one point, interest from like players or schools like Alabama, Auburn, you know, a big recruiting pedigree. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's definitely upside there. And then Jamel Howard, the thing with Jamel Howard, and you went to his film, or talked about his film a little bit. The most impressive thing to me with Jamel Howard is obviously he's a gigantic human being, but he moves really well in his violent hands. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of big human beings in high school are leaners. They're just kind of pushers, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they just can do it. Um, this dude, uh, Howard shows a lot of tools that are kind of unique for that size and that, that, mm. that age. So one of my over-unders, and we'll just do it now because we're talking about Jamel Howard. What is the over-under for you with Jamel Howard over under four games this year? Oh, that's really interesting. I, I think it, cool. it really depends so much on what the starters actually give us. Like if, if Piaz and, 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 uh, Neil are capable then I don't think we'll see a, more than four games because I just don't see them wasting the time on him unless he's just ready to go. If he's from day one, looks like a kid who should be starting like Benton, then yeah, there's a chance that he, he has that type of ability that he can go out there and be a guy. Cause I don't know if the other two possess what he potentially could have with his stature, which would be great to have a guy like that. Like freshman Benton had two sacks against Ohio state. We would take that in a heartbeat. Oh my gosh, yes. So what what is it though? What is um, three, four games? I am going to say I think it's gonna be over. Me too. Um, the, the I big, think it, it'll start slow but end end with him taking a lot more reps. I agree. The big thing with Benton for me is uh, Neil Neil could be really good this year and he's still not going to give you what Benton or not Benton geez, Jamel Howard could potentially give you. Yeah. Like I could see Howard just simply being used in short yardage goal line type situations as another big body. Cause mm -hmm. the Badgers just don't have a lot of them in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to go over not extensively over and in the games he's playing, not extensive minutes, but I think they could find a package for him. Cause I think he's unique. Mm -hmm. Let me give you another question here. Most important guy on the defensive line this year. Probably Varner. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's. it's most important that they that he actually be a productive player for them if they want to realize their aspirations. They need a guy who can get home against good teams, and he's really the only guy I look at that I could say there's a potential here where he may be able to do some things that we don't have from anybody else. Yeah, I agree. And Barner's my guy too. Similar body size and build to Alec James. Speaking of, mm -hmm. again, Alec James, 275-ish, um, kind of well-built, not really long, powerful. Mm -hmm. um, so I would agree with you there on Varner over under any of these defense alignment gets three and a half sacks over under three and a half sacks. Sorry. You know, what? I'm going to believe in Varner and I'm going to say that he does it, but he's the only guy out of that group that I probably would say I feel confident in. I'm going to take the under. Um, I, I, a, I, would, I would probably take, I would very possibly take the over on Varner if he was coming into camp fully healthy, taking reps with the number ones, um, you know, but he's still jumping from the AAC to the Big Ten. You know, that's, that's a tough jump. Seven and a half sacks in the AAC probably doesn't translate. I don't think we're playing Tulsa, not to, to bang that drum again. Um, I'm going to go under. I don't think we have a guy on the line that's going to give us over three and a half. Future star of the, of, of this unit. I think it's only the 24 commits in there if you wanted to. Yeah, it's Jamel Howard. Uh, out of the guys that we have, and and I like Dylan. I think Dylan is gonna Dylan is gonna be a heck of a, a tandem with Howard going forward. 
because he is just a, a basically he's when you go into the parking lot, he's that concrete post that's in front of you that you that keeps cars from crashing into the building. That's Dylan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Like he, you don't move that guy. So, I mean, he's going to be such a good run stopper and he does have some bursts to him where he's going to be a guy that causes some things. It'll be really interesting. Can they fill in the guys around them? But out of those two, I think both those guys are hits. I think both of them will be good players for us. Now they really need to to get some twitchy guys on the sides next to them that can blow up plays and come through and just go past people. It, once again, not to, to have a complete agreement show here, but it's Howard for me as well for stars. By the way, it's kind of this speaks to the the concerns on the defensive line when we're looking at this and saying who's who do we think the future star is? And honestly, we both just kind of come up with one guy, right? Like if you were to ask this question, and again. It's not fair to make this comparison because we're not there yet. Luke Fickle just got here. But if you were to ask, a, I'm assuming, a Clemson-Ohio State guy any given day, they would come up with three or four different names. Right. And that's, again, kind of the difference here. Um, defensive line recruit that broke your heart. Somebody you thought was going to be a lot better than he ended up being. Yeah, I had to, I had to go back and look because with, with us being in the 3-4, there really haven't been a ton of those guys to look at. Um, I, I went back. It was Tyler Westfall, uh, who was a, a solid four-star recruit who just, it never seemed to come together for him. I know he had some injury issues here too, which was a big part of it, but he was a guy I had high hopes for and just, it never came together for him while he was at Wisconsin. Yep. Kid who originally committed to Virginia and then flipped to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, I went originally with Jeremy Patterson, who I just thought was going to be a stud. I, yeah. Gary Anderson class. I thought him and Krenwick were going to be no. studs. He had, we really got burned there. <laughs> yeah. Great size, a really good offer list. I think mm-hmm. Clemson was in on him. Um, but he just had weight problems. I, I had heard that he just wasn't a worker, which that's not going to pan out well if you're a defense mm-hmm. lineman. And then going back through this, doing this thought exercise, I came – Shelby Harris is another one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, four-star defensive end. Ended up getting drafted into the NFL, but he got removed from the program, legal problems, off-the-field problems. I think he got caught up with the the Craig Appleton thing. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's a – listen, that's a four-star defensive lineman that's an NFL guy. Mm-hmm. And that, those are the type of Wisconsin needs. So both of those guys – Give me a underrated former Badger defensive lineman, someone who doesn't you don't think it's the credit they deserve. Um, while he was here, I think it was it was Matt Shaughnessy for me. Like I, I know some people were high on him. He was he was never the guy that was as impactful as I think a lot of people like to project him as, but he was a really good player. Um, he was never that guy that had eight, nine, ten sacks, but he typically had like five or six. And it was a guy that got things done. He was dependable at a time when our defensive line wasn't the greatest thing on, in the world, but he was a, a good player for Wisconsin and ended up having a nice pro career. Yeah, that's a good one. Shaughnessy uh, was, had a really solid pro career. I think he played for like eight, eight years, seven, eight mm-hmm. years. Um, for me, it's a guy we've talked about. It's Alec James. I just never feel like he gets, you know, how hard it is as a three, four defensive end to our defensive mm-hmm. end in general to get six, seven sacks. Like yeah. he was really good. Like Alex James is a stud. We had a deep line, but I I would still go back and look at that line and say, why was this guy not playing more with how disruptive he was? Mm-hmm. He was a stud, man. I don't mm-hmm. think he gets the credit he deserves. All right, we're gonna come back. A few questions. We still have um, a question about a couple of comments. By the way, we're gonna kind of wrap up there. Uh, how tall is Tretch actually? Another comment about um, the Big Ten rating the Pac-12. We have some more comments here on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show, and then we'll be right back with you with Ryan and Justin. All right, welcome back to the show. Really do appreciate it. Uh, let, let's bang a couple of these comments out here because we have a couple I want to get to. The first one's from Coldstone. He said Tretch is like 5'8". 
I don't think that's the case, but I'm I'm now super interested where he's getting that from. I don't know, but I, I pretty feel pretty confident he's wrong. Um, he was listed at 5'11". I've, I've heard that he's slightly shorter than that. He's listed at 5'10 on the actual Badger roster. That sounds about right to me. He's a stockier guy, so he's going to look shorter, which is which is right off the bat just is what it is. But I think he's a legit 5'10". Like that sounds about right to me. He's not a six footer. You you can tell just by looking at him, he's not a six footer. But he's a very compact five ten type guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is from Alien Space. Other people off the roster: Armon Williams, Luna Larson, cornerback Lee Hutton, receiver Cole Tonus. These are all uh, walk ons. But two of the interesting names on here that I want to highlight: Armon Williams is a guy who at least has generated a little buzz as a feisty walk on cornerback. Mm-hmm. And then Luna Larson is he was he was a three star in state yeah. kid. He, he was a guy that people thought would potentially end up pushing to the point where he got a got himself a scholarship, like a Mike Mascalunas yeah. type. Yep. Um, listen, the the cornerback thing when when you start bringing in Luke Fickle and Trestle and Paul Haynes and the type of defensive back talent they're bringing in, Amon Williams wasn't going to have a shot. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, like that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I there has. I'm sorry, but anyone that looks at the room from a year ago to, to where it is now and with the recruits that are coming in with a guy like Remington Moss, you know, that we just added today, the type of athlete that's going into that room is much bigger, much more physical, much better, you know, speed, twitch, you know, I'm sorry. I don't mean to bag on the, the previous corners that were in there. We had guys who played at a really high level, but the guys that we're getting now are they're, they're raw balls of clay that have NFL upside. Like yeah. these are guys that if they hit, they're going to the NFL. And I'm not talking guys that are like a sixth rounder. I'm talking physical tools that if it hits all together, they could potentially be a top three round guy. Yep. And Amon, like a, a guy like Amon who who did make some plays in the spring could transfer down somewhere and still get playing yeah. time. Certainly. And that might be what's happening. Yep. And certainly wishing for the best for all of these players, obviously. Um mm-hmm. This one's from Jeff Ferris. Saw photos of the first practice. Chris Brooks Jr. catching a pass. You said he was injured. Uh, so I didn't actually see that picture. I should I should go back and look. Um, I had read he'd be limited. If I said injured, I, I meant limited. But either way, like it's awesome. If he's out there running around catching passes, I don't want to inaccurately report things, so I did want to bring this up. Um, so that's awesome if he's out there and catching balls and running around. Mm-hmm. I did read he was going to be limited. but Yeah, he's not coming in at 100%. Uh, let's see what else is here. This one at – this is from uh, McNogamy. Uh, he said, why would Eschenbach quit the team? Granted the six-year of eligibility, really nowhere else to go this late in the summer. The timing's weird because he decided to come back for a sixth season. And then right before fall camp, he's voluntarily. It's it's a strange timing. I mean, the way I look at it is simply this. It's possible he went into summer weight weight training and everything and everything they went through. And, and the writing might have just been on the wall from drill work and everything that he kind of realized that it probably isn't happening. And I have other things in my life that potentially make more sense to put my attention towards. You know, if it, if he doesn't feel like he's going to have a big part of this year's team, I don't. I wouldn't blame him for being like, I'm just going to get on with, you know, where I'm headed. Focus yep. on that. I think that's probably well said. All right, Justin. I think that's our defensive line preview. Um, we're both not quite as high on it as Rasheed is, which you know shouldn't shock anybody. Believe with Rasheed is strong as always. Right. Bunch more stuff the coming fu- up. The future will be bright, though. Yeah, I, we we do think that the staff is going to get it done with the with the recruiting moving forward. They'll get the guys that they want. Yep. And by the way, it's 
let let I, I'm trying to think of the right way to word this. It's not that this year isn't important because this year is extremely important, but you're not going to fix everything in year one. Yeah. Right. I mean, especially I, a defensive lineman. Wisconsin's not going to get the four, the high four star guys that are ready to play day one. Right. It's going to take some time. So on Wisconsin, more content coming tomorrow as always. Let's go.